0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And we've got a great question today, Pastor Michael, a question that I think we've all heard at times as pastors. And the way the question is phrased, does God call people to sadness or poverty or distress?
0: What do you say? Yes, no, maybe so. Maybe so. So on the one hand, we have the prosperity gospel, which is a frustrating perversion of the gospel. Yeah, you
1: and I both are frustrated with that.
0: But on the other hand, there's the poverty gospel, which Mm -hmm. is, um, it's not quite as evil, but it's it's definitely destructive and disturbing to how a Christian views their life, their money, etc. And so the poverty gospel would basically say no Christian should ever have a savings, should never have any wealth, should give everything away. And uh, if you get too rich, then there's something wrong with something you. Something wrong with you, your yes. Your house is too big or whatever. So, um, th- but the question is Does God call people to sadness or poverty or distress? And so the answer is yes, but not everyone. Right. So I could also flip this and say Does God call some people to wealth and prosperity? And the answer is yes, yes but, but not, not, not everyone. everyone. The question I think probably most accurately should be What has God called me to in the here and the now? Mm -hmm. So Job says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. So I I think that that is a, a rubric that we have to say, whenever a theology says everyone must be blank, then you're off into some kind of deviance. Yeah, there's there's a problem with that kind of thinking. Some people are a poverty gospel because they they are not smart enough to make money, mm-hmm. and they're jealous of everybody else who does. And it's a way of controlling people or getting some kind of passive vengeance. Some people are poverty gospel because um, they'll just they take some logical thoughts to their logical conclusions without tempering them with other scriptures. So, for example, they would say something like, uh, we only live once. People are going to hell. Uh, this money could either be used to sit in your bank account or accrue interest, or this money could be used to plant churches and do different things like that. So, therefore, all money saved. Uh, never eat out with your family because that money could be used to feed a kid in, in, mm-hmm. in Kenya who's starving. Every single time somebody spends $1 here, that $1 technically could be used someplace else. Sure. And the question is, does Jesus mandate that every dollar I spend, that every single dollar has to go toward meeting somebody else's need, if you will? And that's just not a paradigm in Scripture. The paradigm is we live lives that care for the oppressed and the poor and we're generous, etc. But there's also other sides which says that somebody who doesn't take care of his family— um is worse than an unbeliever. Right. And like that's actually one of the worst things that you could do. So like buying clothes and food and shoes and stuff for my kids is actually a mandate of God to make sure that they their well-being is taken care of, you know. So there's this, there's this uh, logical sense which some people get wrapped up in their brains and they just say, if, if there's too much at stake, it's too urgent, no dollar can be wasted. And mm. there are people who live like that. Yeah. But I do believe that God does call some people to have that train of thinking. The problem is when they mandate that on everyone on else. everyone else, right. It's like when the person goes to uh, Africa and they go on this mission trip and, they're, and all of a sudden they're so passionate about this country and this village that they were in and then they come back and they're like, you guys don't care about this like I do. It's like, well, it's because God didn't give me that experience or that right. passion. That's your passion. That's mm-hmm. your calling. All to say, um, yes, God does call some people, but not all Not people. all
1: people. And as I'm thinking through and as we've been discussing this, in the Catholic Church, there is a vow of poverty that priests take and that the nuns take but that doesn't mean that they go with no shoes and no clothes and they're starving. It also doesn't mean doesn't that they're mean holier.
0: That. No. And let's be straight. They commit to a life of poverty, meaning a life of lack, yes. a life of not engaging in things that let's like for example, sex, mm-hmm. right? Marriage. It's interesting that the New Testament actually talks about um bad Churches and Christians forbidding sex and marriage. Forbidding that. You know what I mean? And then the Catholic Church comes in and says, all priests, no marriage, no sex, right? Right. And so it's one thing to say that, okay, because somebody deprives themselves, that that is automatically admirable. Right. That makes them more godly, which is not what is supported in Scripture. Correct. So if you abstain from something, it does not make you better than the person who doesn't. It doesn't make you more godly than the person who doesn't. It just means that this is what God is asking you to do. And if you're going to become a Roman Catholic priest, then you, you know that already. Right. So you're walking into that lifestyle. I'm not Catholic, so they can do
1: whatever <laughs> they want. Well, on the other extreme is also, you know, great wealth. And when individuals accumulate great wealth, then there's excess that they have um, opportunity to use to use for themselves or to use for God's kingdom. But we've had individuals who have accumulated great wealth, uh, J.C. Penney, uh, Woolworth and there's several others that lived during the turn of the century that accumulated great wealth because of business and they gave great wealth away. Craft is is another one. They were Christians that they used their great wealth for God's kingdom and for building into Christian organizations. They didn't live in poverty, but they gave a lot of their wealth away. And I think there's a balance that, that we need to maintain. Poverty doesn't mean uh, God, Calling people to poverty doesn't mean that they live uh, without a house or without a car. or without
0: Poverty is never seen as good. No. Like, if you have the opportunity to not be in poverty, then it's sin to not take that. Poverty is not biblical in terms of, like, advocated by God. The extremes on both ends is not admirable either way, according to Scripture. This sort of drives me nuts. If you're rich, there's no reason to have that much money, etc. And what I've seen Christians do with a lot of money is invest it. Because here's the thought, right? I'm going to make up numbers. These are not going to be accurate, but they're going to make the point. If I have a million dollars, um, the poverty gospel person would say, give it all away. Do you know what way. you could do yeah. with that? Well, then here's what the logical side of me is thinking. I can give away a million now, but I can invest it and give away millions later. Yes. Or I could invest it and basically divest myself of this money over a 20-year period and give away $5 million, mm-hmm. And which does more good. Well the poverty person does not I don't feel like they think logically they don't all they see is bad hoarding no you know mm-hmm. capitalist you know and and I'm like well actually we live in in a time and place where I can take this money and I can quadruple it over a period of time and do exponentially more good so if a billion dollars it's one thing to say give it all away now or I could give away billions over time and this is where I think some people don't understand that um, when God gives some people wealth He gives them that wealth to steward, and that stewarding could look differently for everybody. God may look at wealthy person A and say, give it all away. It's Mm -hmm. a rich young Young, young ruler. He might go to people, for example, in the parable of the talents and say, invest it. And when I come back, I want you to make me some money. Yeah. He might do that. And this is where the big answer to this is, sometimes God calls to poverty. Sometimes God calls to prosperity. Sometimes God calls to just normalness, whatever that is in your context and culture. And being mature means you just got to let people be where they are. Right. But if they're sinning, it's not, it is a sin to be in poverty if you don't need to be. Mm-hmm. If your basic fundamentals are not being met, and they could be because you're not working or taking that next step to provide for a family, it's sin. It could be sin to yeah. not provide for your family's yeah. basic fundamental needs. Yeah, that's sin. So, you need to be in, there. and if you are prosperous and your money owns you, and you just hoard it, you mm-hmm. never give anything away. That's sin, also. That's sin as well. Yeah. But that's where you deal with. You don't just put a blanket statement.
1: Well, I think we answered that question, Michael. There you go. Please come back when we answer another question, which will be: Is same-sex attraction a
0: sin?